Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio for me is Mr. Scott Chasen, the day after the college basketball massacre. <laughs> Scott, I read that it's never happened before that the top six ranked teams have lost on the same day. That's incredible. It, it's also kind of funny to think about, like, you get into the Sweet 16, and those six teams would be playing teams better than the ones they played today. Imagine yeah. if every one seed and two two seeds lost in the same weekend at the tournament. That'd be crazy. So, so folks, if you're not aware the top six teams lost duke was seven they did win mm-hmm. villanova's eight they didn't play saturday but they did lose their last game they played and then of course uh nine was tech and 10 was baylor which beat ku so it was a crazy day you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on twitter at the drive 13 and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. Our two-minute drill is sponsored by our friends at Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Scott, KU basketball fell to Baylor in Waco Saturday. Did this loss expose anything about the Jayhawks with March right around the corner? Fitz, I think it did and it didn't, and probably put best by Bill Self after the game, who kind of you know, pulled his head back when he was asked about a missed opportunity, because Baylor is a really good basketball team, right? You, you play number 10 on the road, a, a team that's now in line for maybe a one seed um, that leads the nation in quality wins. Yeah, you're going to have a hard time with that, so you, you can't necessarily burn it all down if you don't win. But, it, it, you know, in that same kind of tone, I would say that, yes, it did maybe expose a few things, mostly... You know, David McCormick, we talked about him last week. He's been playing really, really well as of late. Still had 10 points, 13 rebounds. So he didn't have a bad game by any means. He had his hand in a lot of what went well for Kansas. And, oh, by the way, you see a Remy Martin three. We'll be talking about him a little bit later. Uh, But David McCormick's been dealing with that foot injury all year. He had a recent knee injury that Bill Self talked about. Looked like he had a hard time with his footing in this game. He fell down a couple times. And where this game really turned was when Sohan, the Baylor uh, wing with the 
colorful hair you see there standing uh, in the paint or jumping up and down when he went to the five spot and it kind of exposed maybe some mobility issues that David McCormick has been having. Uh, Sohan had a big game. The Baylor uh, five spot as a whole had a huge game, 35 points, 15 rebounds. Now, sometimes those guys were playing side by side next to each other, so it wasn't like, you know, the five spot produced that by itself. But yeah, I think Kansas struggled there. Now, Fitz, I also saw some areas that I'm not really concerned about. You know, Jalen Wilson had the worst game that he's had in a long, long time. He had seven points and three rebounds. It felt like lately you could count on him for a double-double and really 15-plus points. He'd done that in four out of six. His rebounding had been up. He had a bad game. That doesn't happen all the time. Dewan Harris, seven assists, but he didn't make a shot. He was like 0 of 6 from the field. That, you know, can happen because Dewan Harris isn't really a scorer, but he's not going to play that poorly, at least when it comes to shooting the ball more often than not. So, Yes, I, I do think this maybe exposed some things about Kansas just from the perspective that uh, there are mobile five men and athletic teams that can take advantage of Kansas. This isn't necessarily something new, but it's something that hadn't happened in a while. But I'm not setting off any alarm bells just yet, just because you play a good team on the road in the Big 12. Yeah, sometimes you're going to lose those games. Well, it was uh, it was quite a day, and it, it does make the Big 12 a little bit interesting, but I, th- I think we're seeing this conference boil the the top from the bottom. It's boiling out as we get towards the end of the season. We're finding out who's the best and who's the worst. It's. I, I agree. I still think it's a deep conference, but you are right. There is starting to. There, there really is that separation. Yep. It's starting to build. Well, Fitz, K-State and Iowa State traded the lead Saturday in Bramlage Coliseum before the Cyclones escaped with a 74-73 victory. What went wrong, and what does this mean for the Wildcats? Well, what went wrong is Kansas State had a really bad lull to open the second half. This has been a symptom of Bruce Weber teams uh, when they open one of the two halves fairly dreadfully. They actually started the game well. Iowa State scored first, and I think K-State went on a 10 or more point run open it up and this game was back and forth a a bunch of runs and and Iowa State seemed to have taken control of the game again Kansas State rallied from that Iowa State opening and then Iowa State got it back to 10 with about three minutes to go it looks like the Cyclones were going to get out of Manhattan with a a nice win their fourth win in a row mind you and not many teams in the conference have done that this year in conference play and that says a lot about the Cyclones But K-State slapped a full-court press on. Probably they wish they had done it earlier because Iowa State absolutely fell apart. And K-State had the ball down by two, and the ball was in Nigel Pack's hands for a play that absolutely fell apart and turned into a turnover as another late-game situation went by the wayside for K-State as Nigel got a little lost on the wing, almost stepped out of bounds, and then dribbled it off himself and ended up... uh, the Cyclones hit two free throws, go up by four, and then, of course, Pack threw in basically a half-court shot. He was well onto the power cap when he shot it at the buzzer to end up with 32 points. What this means in the big picture is probably short of winning the Big 12 tournament, Kansas State is not going to the NCAA tournament. They could not lose one of these home games down the stretch. They still have Oklahoma coming in on next Saturday. They go to T- excuse me, they go to Tech on Monday night for what could be a big game, an opportunity to win. But boy, the math gets really challenging unless they can go win a couple games here, win three games in the Big 12 tournament, which probably means they win the tournament. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they get enough wins to overcome the losses. They're 14 and 14 right now. They're six and 10 in the conference. Nothing looks good for K-State. They blew it. This was their opportunity. They let it run between their fingers and now I don't know how they're gonna get over the hump. And with that, I don't know how they will save Bruce Weber's job.
Yeah. Well, Fitz, watching the end of that game, it, it was tough because, you know, as you mentioned, look, the ball was in Nigel Pack's hands. That's the guy whose hands you want it to be in. And you know what? When Kansas has had dynamic point guards, they've put it in their hands. They've put it in Frank Mason's hands or Devontae Graham's hands and said, yeah, go make a play, go win us the game. You know, at the same time, there are things you can do and run to make it easier on the players, and it seemed like Kansas State didn't opt to do that down the stretch. Yeah, it, it seems like late-game plays right now are here's the ball, do something, mm-hmm. instead of actually something drawn up in the huddle. It's a little frustrating for K-State fans. Mm-hmm. With Texas Tech losing to TCU, what a huge win for the Frogs. Mm-hmm. It's down to Kansas and Baylor in the Big 12 race. Scott, how do you think things will finish out for those two teams? Well, hold on a second, Fitz. Tech's still in it. No, I'm kidding. I, I actually wrote that for Fitz, so uh, <laughs> I, I can't quite make fun of him. No, look, it, it is. It's Kansas and Baylor at this point. Uh, Tech would have to win out. I think Baylor would have to lose, and Kansas would have to lose twice in three games with two home games since senior night for Tech to even get a share. So uh, I, I think you can cross that one off the list. But, look, this game uh, against Baylor, because of what you mentioned, the TCU-Texas Tech result, would have effectively been the knockout punch. And now the team that gets to play spoiler, really for both teams, it's the team you're seeing on your screen right there. It's Texas. Uh, Baylor smashed Texas in the earlier meeting. Now that was at Baylor, and Texas is a completely different team at home. But Baylor actually has to go to Texas to start off this stretch. Kansas ends the season against Texas. I thought watching that first game, Kansas was better than Texas for a majority of that game and then kind of threw it away at the end of the first half, giving up a 7-0 run when... Bill Self tried to sneak in a bunch of bench players at the same time to buy a minute or two. I think he's learned his lesson from that one. And then again at the end of the game when Texas went on a run and KU had sort of an untimely turnover. Look, Fitz, I think Texas is a good team that can beat Baylor. I think Texas is a good team that can beat Kansas. But I think the most overwhelmingly likely scenario at this point is Kansas probably sweeping TCU, Kansas finding a way to beat Texas, a team or a Kansas team that pretty much never loses on senior day. In fact, you go back to last year, uh, you know, one of the uh, Kansas teams that struggled had a round of 32 exit. No one would say that was anywhere near their best team. That team played a national champion Baylor team on senior day and smoked them. There's something about Kansas on senior day where they just don't lose. So I don't expect Kansas to lose, but if they do, I think Baylor's got a great shot to get a share. I think it would be very well earned for a Baylor team that's dealt with injury, that's dealt with, you know, all sort of stuff that has kept their roster from being complete, especially lately. So, uh, I, you know, Fitz, earlier on, you mentioned something that I want to highlight really quickly. It does seem like there are tiers in the Big 12 now, and I, I wouldn't put that much separation between Kansas, Baylor, and Texas Tech no. between those three. It will probably work out that way record-wise, but I think any of those three could beat any of them on you know any given night. Yeah, I think as we move through the season, it's become obvious that KU and Baylor are the top two. Uh, Tech and Texas are the next two, and then TCU and Iowa State share that middle area, and that's the teams that will get in the tournament unless something strange happens in Kansas City. That's well put. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, does KU basketball deserve a one seed this year? And we look at the results, 61% of people say no, 39% yes. Fitz, you might have an observation about that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking here, K-State fans kind of voted in this. And I'm going to tell you, K-State fans, you're wrong. They're, they are a number one seed. This week's question is this, will KSU guard Nigel Pack be an NBA player And this has got layers to it here. Mm -hmm. Yes, straight from K-State. Yes, but after a transfer, NC is no. Make sure you vote on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. 
Well, that's, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Scott, Bill Self was caught off guard when he was asked about Remy Martin to start his post-game press conference in Waco. What did you make of the senior guard's return? Hold on a second, Fitz. I wasn't, can you ask me that again? I, I wasn't ready. No. Uh, look, it, it was a funny moment to start his post-game press conference, mostly because Remy Martin was a very insignificant part of the game. Now, I, I think a lot of people are interested in Remy Martin. So, uh, look, that's why Bill Self is going to continue to be asked about this guard who, by the way, we've got some highlights of Remy Martin. You'll notice he's kind of wearing the wrong jersey. No, he's not a double agent, obviously. A transfer from Arizona State who actually had some success against Kansas in a couple uh, of previous meetings. And Arizona State, by the way, won two games against Kansas uh, when Remy Martin was there. Look, Remy Martin is a good player. Let's let's reset on Remy Martin a little bit. He averaged 19 points a game a couple years. One year, he was 12 points, seven assists. He's an exciting player. He can get up. He tried, according to C.J. Moore, the Athletic, a 360 dunk in warm-ups, which maybe you wouldn't expect for a guy who's been favoring his knee or who's been sitting out for about a month as he takes time to recover. But the thing to remember is this whole journey and, you know, Remy Martin playing, then not, then sitting out was about getting him to be his healthiest for the end of the year. Because Kansas is a very talented basketball team, my personal opinion. I think Kansas is every bit as good enough to get to maybe an Elite Eight without Remy Martin. But for Kansas to get over that hump, you need every single tool and weapon in your arsenal available. What I saw from Remy Martin against Baylor was a player who looked bad defensively. There was a great breakdown, 24-7 Sports Network, Michael Swain, who gift defensive possessions, gift for uh, maybe some of the old timers like Fitz, that means they're like short little videos. Uh, <laughs> Fitz made a funny face there. I'm sad that you all missed it. Thanks for doing it again. But no, of Remy Martin struggling defensively, allowing his man to go right by him from the perimeter, getting to the bucket. And that stuff you'd expect. This guy has not played basketball in a month. He has not been practicing full speed. He's been sitting out. He's been trying to get healthy. I'm not really interested in the conversation right now of should Remy Martin play 30 minutes or play 20 minutes. He's not there yet. He needs time, and there isn't much time left. Kansas plays three games in the next week because of a COVID makeup from earlier this season with that extra TCU game. Let's talk after that. Let's talk next week, specifically on the drive, Sunday nights on WIBW. Then we'll have that conversation about whether or not Remy Martin is ready for a bigger role come March. I didn't see it yet, although he did have five points. It was exciting to have him back. I would just say pump the brakes. Let's see what he does this next week for Kansas. I'm going to make a bold prediction, Mr. Chasen, mm-hmm. that Remy Martin will play a significant role in a game for Kansas in the NCAA tournament. I don't know if that will be a positive or a negative, but he will <laughs> help decide the outcome of that game. That That is certainly a fair pick. I think a lot of KU fans would agree with you. Fitz, yeah. this is a very – KU fans are on your side on this show. They, I, might they like love me. me. I don't know why, but they love me. <laughs> 
Well, Fitz, uh, it is appearing more and more likely that Bruce Weber could be nearing the end of his coaching run at K-State. So if there is a search for a new coach, what aspects do K-State fans need to know? Well, going into the season, the perception was that Athletics Director Gene Taylor had instructed Bruce Weber that he needed to get to the tournament. Now, maybe it was more vague than that. Maybe it wasn't black and white. But if Taylor's smart, he, he laid it down. It took it out of his hands, essentially. You're in the tournament, you're coming back. If you're not, well, it's time to move on to someone else. So here's what becomes interesting. Who could K-State get? Now, there are a lot of good coaches out there. And if Bruce Weber is let go, we'll immediately have a hot board of names we've been researching for a while now at GoPowerCat.com. So you can come check that out. It'll be free content. And I'm telling you, there are some very good coaches that might fit very well into the Kansas State system. But as much as I would love a guy like Brad Underwood to come home, a former K-State player uh, and a former K-State assistant coach, to come back to be the coach, first of all, I don't know that K-State has the budget to lure him back away from Illinois where he's having great success, uh, nor do I think that's what K-State wants to do right now. Uh, because if you hire him, does that mean you have to kind of up Chris Kleiman's number to match and it becomes a double whammy in for, as far as contracts? But they will look for someone that's a good fit. And typically when you hire a coach to replace someone else and not a, not a retirement typically, more of a firing, it's kind of a polar opposite. So I think we'll probably see someone that, that gets after it a little bit more, might uh, play a little bit different style of basketball. But overall, I don't really have that much problem with how Bruce Weber wants to play defense. And offensively, K-State's going to have to find someone better. And someone probably that can go out and get better players. And the recruit, recruiting role world has changed so much now with the transfer portal. I keep hearing it over and over. But what if Nigel Pack leaves? There's nothing you can do. There's no guarantee that Nigel will stay if Bruce Weber stays. There's no guarantee anyone will stay anymore. It's happened at K-State before the transfer portal, and it'll happen again afterwards. If a new coach has to rebuild the roster, be thankful for this. The portal makes it a lot easier to do. Yeah, and, and fits one other example you could look at just up the road at Iowa State, a team that's, what, plus 18 wins from where it was last year to this year. College basketball, you can rebuild very quickly. It doesn't always take one year, but one to two years, yeah. you can do a lot of damage. Absolutely. And now we step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Uh, Scott, let's take a look uh, forward to the NCAA tournament on Saturday, the number one, two, three, four, five, and six, and nine, and eight. Didn't lose Saturday, but you know what I'm saying. Team, they all lost. Everyone lost. Mm hmm our viewers are a winner. Are you expecting some of this craziness to spill over into the March Madness? Fitz, I kind of am, but maybe in a little bit of a different way that we've seen, right? There have been NCAA tournaments where a lot of good teams lose kind of early in the tournament and it's not fun. I don't think this year is a case that they're not necessarily being elite teams because I think Gonzaga is absolutely an elite team despite that loss in a rivalry game. What I think you have this year are a lot of very, very good teams. And I expect those very, very good teams, like Gonzaga, like Kentucky, Arizona, even Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, you go down the list. I expect those teams to win and to win in the early rounds of the NCAA tournament. I think what we're shaping up for is maybe the best Sweet 16, Elite Eight, and Final Four that we've had in a while. Because yes, there will be some upsets, but if you get those teams that I mentioned, and Auburn, and Tennessee, and Alabama, and these really good teams all together, 
I think you'll get to see some really fun matchups of teams that play very differently stylistically. And if I forgot your team, I'm sorry. Purdue is another one. I'm sure there will be some I missed. Duke, you know. Uh, but there are just a lot of really good teams this year. So I think it'll be very fun. It may not happen first weekend of the tournament, but I think the later you'll get, uh, you go, you'll get some very good games. Embrace the chaos. <laughs> now let's hear from our fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metalark, supporting people in living their best lives. Well, our fan question this week is, Fitz, what odds would you put on K-State winning the Big 12 tournament? I wonder why that question is being asked mm. right about now. That's from Jane in Manhattan. Well, Jane, thank you very much. Let's outline this. I, I think if everything goes as we expect it to go next Saturday, Oklahoma and K-State will be playing a game to decide who gets a bye in the Big 12 tournament, and the loser will play West Virginia on the lone first game of the tournament on Wednesday because Oklahoma State can't play. An extra team gets a bye. Um, and uh, so even if K-State beats Oklahoma, they still have to win three games in a row in Kansas City, which would mean they'd have to win four games in a row. Either way, they either beat Oklahoma or they lose to Oklahoma and have to win four in Kansas City. Kansas State hasn't won more than two games in a row against Big 12 competition in probably three years. I don't know. They, they just it's, No, the odds aren't good. That's the answer. Bad. Bad odds. <laughs> bad percent. Bad. bad. Yes. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Let's look at last week's results. The viewers went one and two. I went one and two. Scott went two and one as we give him the smallest of windows for, mm. for a furious rally at the buzzer to maybe tie or win these picks by getting everything right. Yeah, Fitz, somehow I'm looking at it. There must have been a push in there because uh, we have like a slight difference in games, but eight games. I still have a little bit of time to make it up, but probably have to be perfect now. Uh, you know, our producer uh, maybe messed up, uh, messed up on something, but I'm not going to say that because he can hear us. That's why I have a losing record, yeah. actually. Uh, now yeah. here's this week's pick. Start with Texas plus six and a half at Kansas. You say... That is a lot of points mm -hmm. for a team that Kansas has not beaten in quite some time, a few games in a row now. Uh, I will take Kansas, but I am suspicious of this game because I think it could be a lot closer. I'm taking Texas because I love ribs. <laughs> well, Fitz, next is Oklahoma, another place I think you can get ribs in, <laughs> plus four and a half at Kansas State, and you can also get ribs there as well. Well, I was actually talking about steers, but um, I will take K-State uh, for, I don't know. I, I'll just take K-State. I don't I have no reason to pick them. No. I'll, I'll go Oklahoma to be opposite. I've got to make up some ground. Our last game of the week is Houston minus five and a half at Memphis because this is all we could come up with. Mm -hmm. I'll take the Cougars. Memphis was off to kind of an awful start with Penny Hardaway, sort of turned it around. Good recruiting. Houston is a much better team. I will take Memphis and we'll have some fun with it. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. 
Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock, sponsored by Carpet One, by Local, for a strong local community. Scott, take it away. Well, Fitz, so much of this Kansas season has centered around conversation on Remy Martin, and that's exactly what I'm, no, I'm just kidding. Look, Remy Martin has been uh, an interesting, he was very good for Kansas early, he's been an interesting part of this team. I'm very curious to see how he plays. I also think it's interesting to look at next year's kind of point guard situation. You'll have Bobby Pettiford back. His season was shut down, first reported by 24-7 Sports. He's going to miss the rest of the year, get a jump start in his recovery. You obviously have Dewan Harris coming back and Joe Yesifu too. Interesting backcourt this year. I think it should be a pretty good one next year as well. Well, I do want to talk about Remy Martin because he's an interesting story. He was a prolific scorer at Arizona State, an undersized guard that's tough to cover and can shoot it from deep. Sounds like Nigel Pack. And maybe Remy Martin is a good cautionary tale for Nigel Pack, that when you're thriving somewhere, maybe the change will not be good for your numbers. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.